Today, I begin sermon today quoting the famous theologian, the boxer Mike Tyson. There he is. Here's what he said. Everyone has a plan till you get punched in the mouth. Everybody has a plan till you get punched in the mouth. Meaning, if your plan for dealing with life doesn't help you after you get punched in the face... It's not really that great of a plan. It's true. This morning we're going to examine the closing six verses of the greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, uh, Jesus here gives us a good, solid, understandable plan for dealing with life after we get punched in the face, Ron. That's the key. Because we're all going to get punched. Amen? We all are going to get punched, you just were recently punched, or the punch is coming. So we're going to hear some closing advice from Jesus. How do you live a victorious and a successful life? How, how do you do that? He's going to give us a very clear, understandable plan. So we're in Matthew chapter 7. If you could locate that in your Bible or on your phone. If you're able, would you please stand with me? We're going to read uh, verses 24 to 29, the last uh, few verses of the Sermon on the Mount. Would you read with me? Here we go. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the storms come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he had taught with real authority quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for uh, delivering the Sermon on the Mount. And you did that for the crowd, you did that for your disciples, but you, uh, you did that for us, your disciples living here in northern Michigan 2022. So thank you for uh, giving such marvelous words of advice. Would you meet us here today in your church? And I'm asking that the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, might that resurrection power of your spirit be active today in your church. Because we want to tell you, this is your church. You come, we invite you and do a work in me today, Lord. Do a work in the church family. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one strong, powerful voice. Amen. You can be seated. Got a picture here. October 10th, 2018. Four years ago, not even quite. Hurricane Michael hit the Florida panhandle. Peak winds of 160 miles per hour. They call that a cat Category 5 storm, okay? 
pictured here, Mexico Beach, uh, Florida. That's uh, 25 miles southeast of Panama City, Florida. And you'll notice, wiped out almost every home near the water, okay? Hurricane Michael caused 25 million, excuse me, billion dollars worth of damages. It was the first Category 5 hurricane to make landfall in the U.S. since Andrew in 1992. Okay, what's interesting about this picture is that one house on the ocean looks relatively untouched. Okay, there's a few others standing, but most of them have been wiped out. Uh, with a mighty crash, they fell. So here's the question. What's the difference between this house and all the houses that went splat? What, what's the difference? Okay. Now, if you had seen a picture of this neighborhood the day before, all of the homes would have looked great. Okay. They were all painted. They're there on the waterfront. This was a nice neighborhood. Uh, they had nice porches and porch furniture. All the lawns would have been mowed. You would have said, wow, great neighborhood. And they all went through the very identical same storm. So here's my question. Why does this house look almost undamaged? And most of all the other neighborhood homes, crapped collapsed and, and, and just crashed. One reporter, Patricia Mazel, saw this picture, okay? She saw this and she said, why did this house survive and most of the others didn't? So she went down and she interviewed uh, the owners and here's what she discovered. They drilled 40-foot pilings under the ground. This house was fashioned with pour, poured concrete reinforced by steel cables and rebar. The owner, Dr. LeBron Lackey said, we're thinking that we wanted to build a house that would survive for generations. <laughs> so here's the question for us. How do we build a house that'll survive for generations, okay? How, how can we build a life that will face hurricanes and pandemics and the wars of life and still stand strong, okay? How can you and I prepare for the coming storms that are coming our way? And, and by the way, they're coming, okay? If one hasn't already arrived at your door, uh, the storms are coming. So everybody on planet Earth endures storms. Here's what I mean. We all have people we love die. Pain, disappointment, anger, fear. That's the realities of living in a fallen world, okay? So here's the news. You ready? Give me your eyes, balcony. A storm is coming with your name on it, okay? Will you stand the test? That's the question. How are you going to stand and, and stand strong when the hurricane hits your house, okay? Uh, this morning, we're, we're going to try to answer how do we prepare for life's hurricanes? How, how can we prepare in advance? We know storms are coming. We know a storm with my name is coming my way. Um, 
how am I going to be responding to the next storm that hits my life? Am I going to stand strong or is my life going to go splat? How can you be victorious and have a lasting, enduring, successful life? That's the question that we're going to answer here today. Okay, back to the text, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. I'm going to give you the big picture answer, okay? The only difference between the house that survives the storm and the houses that were destroyed, are you ready? Give me your eyes, is the foundation they were built on. That's the only difference. The difference is the foundation. So that means that our question here today is, um, what foundation am I building my life on? What foundation are you building your life on? Because the test, when the storm hits, the sole question is, what foundation have you built your life upon? Back to the text, verse 24. Here's what Jesus says as he closes. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Verse 25, though the rains come in torrents, floodwaters rise, the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse. Why? Because it's built on bedrock. For 12 weeks now, we've been listening to the teaching of Jesus in this powerful sermon. I'm just curious, how many of you have caught several of the sermons, either online or in person, last 12 weeks? Can I see your hands? How many of you have heard? Okay, so most of you have heard most or a good deal of the teaching here. Okay, here's what he says. Go back to verse 24. This is, this is huge. The wise, the insightful, the prudent listener doesn't just hear the words of Jesus. This is, this is massive. So it's not just hearing sermons. It's not just hearing about Jesus' teaching. The successful ones, go back to verse 24. I want you to see it. Actually do something with Jesus' teaching. Okay? It's not just hearing. The successful ones actually follow and obey my teaching. Isn't that interesting? The wise ones actually put it into practice in their daily lives. When you know and hear and understand the teaching of Jesus and then actually begin to live it out in your life, that's what it means to build your life on the bedrock of Jesus and his teaching. Okay? I, I, know, I don't just hear it. I actually do it. I actually live it out. Jesus' teaching is solid and trustworthy and sure, and you can count on it, okay? Listen closely. The teaching of Jesus is something you can build your life upon, and it will stand the test of time. That's what he's telling us. If you know Jesus' teaching, and then you actually, by God's grace, put it into practice, that's what it means to be wise and be prepared for the next storm. So here's my question. How many of you, by God's grace, and I realize it's Jesus in us, using our weaknesses and our frailties, but by God's grace, 
He's given me the strength to follow and hear and obey and put into practice Jesus' teaching a good deal of my life. How many of you say, that's where I'm at? I've been doing that for a long time, okay? Again, most of your hands, you go, you know what? That's where I'm at, okay? Look at verse 25. This should be encouraging. Though the rains come your way, <laughs> torrents, floodwaters rise, the winds beat against your house, it won't collapse. That's the promise. It won't collapse. Question is, why? Why? It's not because we're so strong and tough, Bernard. Um, although many of you are strong and tough, that's not why. It, it, and it's not because we don't face and endure storms like everybody else. Actually, I would probably argue, Myron, that maybe Jesus' followers actually face more storms because we follow Jesus. Okay? The reason our lives withstand the storms, only one reason. We've chosen wisely what our foundation is. You tracking? That's the only reason we can withstand storms. We've very carefully chosen what is going to be our bedrock foundation. And when we choose Jesus and his teaching as our strong foundation, it gets you through the cancer diagnosis. It gets you through uh, the hospital visits to the oncology ward. It, it gets you through wherever cancer takes you. That's what he's telling us. Uh, it'll get you through COVID and masks and lockdowns and, and all sorts of wildness. It will get you, it, it's, it's, the truth is, when you, when you build your life on the foundation of Jesus, it'll even get you through multiple eyeball surgeries, okay? I'm telling you, when, when you build your life on Jesus, it's a strong foundation. One more thing, okay? When you're in the middle of a hurricane, when you're in the middle of a tornado, or maybe it's just a wicked storm, the winds are howling, okay? Think in your head right now, okay? Shut your eyes. I want to just describe a storm. The wind's howling, you hear rain, and now hail is pelting your house, okay? And the, the lightning is flashing. You can see it all around. Thunder is shaking uh, the ground around you. Sometimes it feels like your house is going to collapse, doesn't it? Sometimes, I'm not sure this house is going to make it. Oh, Lord, if you don't walk me through this night, I don't know that I'm going to make it. So it's not that it doesn't feel like our houses might not collapse. Here's the truth, okay? You can bank your life on it. By God's grace, he'll see you through it. That's the promise here. It's not that... We don't face storms. It's not, sometimes we're not afraid. But when I align my life with the teaching of Jesus and his inspired word, look at verse 25. Not when, it's a matter of if, when the storm hits your life, your house will survive even the worst of storms. That's the promise, okay? Even a Cat 5 hurricane, and frankly, I can look around at some of you, Betty, who've just gone through a Cat 5 hurricane and you're still standing. You understand? The life built on the bedrock of Jesus and his teaching won't collapse. 
Shall I say that again? The life built on the bedrock, lived out, the teaching of Jesus Christ will stand. Put, put that, uh, that house back up, Dan, would you? Okay. So, so why won't it collapse? Why does this house uh, survive? Are you ready? Because you've taken the time to pour in concrete. Myron, you understand when you, when you do the hard work and you put rebar in and, and you, you drill down deep into Jesus daily, when you've reinforced your life with the steel cables of Christ, when you've built uh, your life, you've put your footings 40 feet down deep into Jesus, okay? Here's what you've done. You've built your life on the rock, on the bedrock, and it will stand. That's a promise. It's not that we're not going to have storms, but when the storms hit, because we've taken the time to drill down deep, we're going to stand. We're going to stand. So the critical question is, what foundation have you built your life upon? That's, that's the key question. Will your house survive the next major storm coming your way? The, the, the storm that has your name on it, will your life stand and survive? Now, sadly, that's one option, but sadly, uh, most people choose another foundation, okay? So the one foundation is Jesus and obeying the teaching of his book, okay? So I'm living my life based on Jesus and living out what he's taught. Back to the text, verse 26. Here's the other foundation. He says, verse 26, I know you found it. I haven't found it yet. There we go. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, he's like a foolish person. It's foolish, like a person who builds his house on sand. Okay? There's only one difference between those who survive the storm and those whose lives crash. You ready? The distinguisher, what did you build your life on? What did you build? What's the foundation? Verse 26, anyone who hears the teaching of Jesus, anyone who listens and chooses not to obey, you're looking at the storm and saying, um, I don't think it's going to hit. I, I think it's going to veer uh, east. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to hit me. And anyone who chooses to ignore or delay obeying is risking an unexpected storm. I would look at it this way. Um, you call Goldsmith Roofing, okay? And you say, could you uh, put a roof on? And typically, <clears throat> they'll come and they'll tear everything off. You know what I'm talking about? Take you right down to the wood. And usually then, there's a day or two where you got nothing on your roof. But typically, Ed will be watching, Ed Goldsmith will be watching the weather and he'll say, uh, I've been watching and I think it looks pretty good. We'll put some tarp on, but I think we're going to be okay. The weather looks pretty good. Um, but then the weatherman is wrong. And now uh, a major storm, it could be bad, right? Uh, a 
bad storm. You ever had that happen, Myron? You have everything off, and now you got this bad storm. Uh, hello, Bay Area Clean Care. Yeah, yeah, Clint, Melissa. We got bad things going on at this house. Okay? That's what you're taking the risk. Okay? Verse 13 of chapter 7. Just slide back. I want you to see. Many or most people are ignoring God's book, Jesus' teaching. Okay? Many or most are saying, eh, I, I, I don't know that I have to get quite so radical. I, I don't have to align my life up with this book. This is just good suggestions. You know, you got the top 10 suggestions back there. And, and I'm just going to be nice and moral and positive and don't rock the boat, baby. And I think I'm going to be okay. I really do. So the other option, just I want to be clear, hear the teaching of Jesus. I know what it means. I understand what it says, but I don't think I actually want to take the time. I don't think I want to make the effort. I don't want to uh, radically upset my life and actually get my life lined up with Jesus' teaching. I, I get it. I, I understand it, but I'm too busy. I'm too old. I'm too distracted. I'm too young. I'm too with it. I don't know, whatever it is, but I'm not convinced it's worth the effort. That, that's the idea here, okay? Following Jesus, then actually putting it into practice. Pastor Jeff, do you know my schedule? You really expect me to actually live according to the book? Come on. Nobody does that anymore. Here's the strong warning. Go back. Verse 27. Here's, here's what he says, verse 27. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, against that life, it will collapse with a mighty crash. The crash is coming. Crashes are never good. Do you know that? Uh, whether you're in a car or whether you're in the stock market, no crash is good. The storm with your name on it is on the way to your house. Now, let me just give you an example. The storm called COVID, which has smashed into every house in the world. Isn't that interesting? COVID is a worldwide pandemic. Okay? One specific thing that I think sometimes we missed, we were all paying attention to covid uh, rates and hospitalizations and deaths, and, and I don't make light of that, but it has doubled and tripled those battling addictions, okay? So what we forget, while everyone was locked down, people who battle addictions have not done well. Doubling, tripling, if you, if you struggle with alcohol, if you struggle with drugs, porn, gambling addictions. If you struggled before lockdowns, it only poured gasoline on your, your challenges, your struggles, your addictions. I, I promise you, it's rampant, even here in northern Michigan. And if that's you, give me your eyes. We just happen to have something starting next Sunday. Is that correct? Old Kitchen, is that where they're still meeting? Old Kitchen, uh, it's called Life Recovery. Um, it, it's going to be marvelous. And frankly, some of you 
have one of those addictions and you've been kind of struggling, you don't even have to name it. Just show up to class and say, oh, Lord, <laughs> I, need to, I need to drill down deeply. Um, those marriages that were struggling before COVID two, three years ago, many of them are calling it quits right now. Uh, many people whose finances weren't great before COVID, um, they're trying to call Kevin and get in to file for bankruptcy right now. I'm just telling you, it's not good. Let me give you one more casualty, okay? We've had an entire generation of children and grandchildren who mostly came with mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, almost every Sunday. And they've watched and they've said, you know what? Mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, they like to listen to talk about Jesus. They like to hear words about Jesus. They even sing words about Jesus. But the truth is, they don't live it out. They, they don't live it out in front of me. It ain't actually happening. Many of those children and their children have checked out on Jesus now. I would argue an entire, and there's lots of reasons why people, let me just lay it. If they don't see mom and dad actually living it out, not perfectly, but regularly, they're going to say, you know what? That's not real. That's fake. I saw it in my mom and dad. I saw it in my grandma and grandpa. It's not real. They're checking out of church by record numbers. They're checking out on God's book in Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, I want you to go back. Note the word that Jesus uses to describe the many or most people who say, you know, Jesus teaching, eh, I don't think I'm going to obey. I don't think I'm going to live that out. Verse 26, he calls them foolish. The Greek word here is moros, M-O-R-O-S. Sound like an English word, anybody? Uh, we get our English word moron from moros. To choose to build our lives in any other fashion than in alignment with Jesus Christ is, according to Jesus, a foolish, moronic blunder. That, that, that's a foolish choice. Note the foolish builder hears the same words of Jesus, okay? We're talking about people, they've listened, they know God's word, they hear about him, but they've actually made a decision to live out their lives by some other scheme or design or philosophy. Here's my question. Why, oh, why on earth would someone choose to build their life on sand? Why? When there's this other amazing option, why would some people choose and it's a choice to build their lives on sand. Let me give you five quick possible answers. Number one, they've miscalculated the weather. They've assumed every day is going to be sunny. Storm might hit your house, might hit somebody in the balcony, but it will never hit my house. And if it does, well, it's, it's an act of God, right? Okay. Second reason why people choose to build their house on sand, it's way easier to build on sand, okay? You know, to dig down and get concrete and pilings and rebar, that, that's not the easy way. I'm, I'm going to do it the easy way, okay? Third reason we don't build on sand, 
we build on sand instead of rock. It's quicker. It's faster. You know what? I, I don't want to have to go the long term here. I want an insta-life to go with my insta-pot and my Instagram and my insta-house. And, and I'm just going to build an insta-life and do it quickly. Fourth reason, people build on the sand instead of the rock. It's way more expensive to do it on Jesus and, and his teaching. Um, rebar... Um, concrete, cable, that's really expensive. So the fourth reason is it's way too expensive, not willing to pay the price. Fifth reason we build on sand is because it looks the same on the outside. It looks no different. You know what? Uh, and maybe I'll get away with it. And maybe I can fool my friends and my mom and, and my kids, and maybe I can fool my neighbors. And maybe I can even fool myself until the storm hits. James 1 and verse 22 says it a little differently. Here's what it says. James 1, put it up here. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only moroning yourself. Same word. Jesus closes his sermon with a storm warning, okay? Something about a stern, strong storm warning sometimes that gets our attention, okay? Um, you need to take cover, tornado warning. That, that's what he's saying. Reminds me a little bit of something Dr. Spock from Star Trek might say. Here's what it says. You neglect my warning at your own peril. That's what Jesus is saying. You neglect my warning at your own peril. Saying, you know what? You've been listening to my words. You've been hearing. And I want you to know this is life and death stuff I'm talking about. Okay? There's a difference between living it out and rejecting it. And that's life and death. That's eternal life with me versus eternal separation in hell stuff. If we reject Jesus and his teaching. Here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes. The stakes are massive. They're for keeps. This is, how many of you have been to the beach? You know, you go to the beach and, and somebody says, yeah, let's build a, whatever you call it. But usually it's called a sand. How many of you have ever built a sand castle down here at Walloon Lake, Lake Michigan? Anybody in the balcony ever built a sand castle? Okay, yeah. Okay, so you're, you're at Lake Charlevoix, uh, you're at one of, and you build a sandcastle. Let's say, uh, Chad, you, you take an hour, you and Connor build a castle, okay? Now you come back a week later and you say, let's go see my castle. How's it going to go? What do you think? <laughs> it's not going to be there, is it? No, why not? Because some little kid kicked it over. Uh... Waves rolled in and wiped it away. Rain washed it, okay? Build your house, build your life on anything other than Jesus and his words. It's going to get kicked over. <laughs> it's going to get blown over. It's going to come crashing down. I promise you, according to Jesus. So, I need to ask another time. Give me your eyes. How's your foundation today? What is your foundation Okay. Is it strong and secure? 
Have you begun building your life on Jesus and his teaching? Is that your bedrock? Is that where you're living out your life? And just remember that this is close. Close isn't good enough. Close is, I'm interested in Jesus' words, and I even hear them quite often on Sundays, and I like to sing about Jesus and live in for him, but I actually don't live it out in my life. Do you understand? That's who he's talking to. He's talking to religious people who like to talk and hear religious stuff. But just hearing it out and not lived out is not enough. Is it possible that you're in church here this morning? Maybe you're watching online. But the truth is, your allegiance to Jesus and actually doing it his way is pretty casual. It's pretty superficial. Again, I, I, I don't mind hearing it. I just don't want to have to change. I just don't want to have to adjust my life. I, I'm pretty comfortable with how I live. Uh, nothing too radical, nothing too hard, nothing too challenging. Okay? Here, I, I can't say this strong enough. Here's, here's what Jesus said. The house on the sand went splat. Do you understand? That's, that's what he wants us all to know. And I had... I thought that would be a ringing sound, and it didn't turn out quite as... I, I thought, like almost break the table, splat. That sounds like I'm in an office. Anyway. <laughs> Verse 28. When Jesus had finished these words, saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Okay, they're amazed. Why? Two reasons. Two reasons. Verse 29, he taught with real authority. Okay? He taught with passion. He, he, he taught uh, them to go down deep. All, he's constantly challenging. Go down to motives. Go, go down to why are you doing and living the way you're living. And, and he constantly challenged us to draw close to himself. Second reason, they were amazed. It says, um, quite unlike their teachers of the religious law. The rabbis of Jesus' day, you know what they did? They would quote other rabbis. It was like reading footnotes. Okay, well, according to Rabbi Benjamin, and then I'll, I'm going to read from Rabbi uh, Obadiah, and, and they would just quote other rabbis, and they never would actually say Thus saith the Lord. Well, then on one hand, but then on the other hand, and Jesus just said it the way it was. 33-year-old carpenter from Nazareth. <laughs> Power, authority, passion. They were amazed. They couldn't believe it. His teaching is awesome. So, as we close this morning, let's not just be amazed and impressed by the awesome words of Jesus, although they are amazing, they are awesome, okay? Let's leave fully believing in Jesus as the author and the only giver of eternal life, okay? He's, he's the one. There, there's no other way. I'm the way, the truth, the life, okay? And that starts with the gospel facts. 
Jesus left the glory and splendor of heaven, took on a human body, lived a sinless life, willingly took our place on the cross, shed his blood for my greatest problem and yours too, we're great sinners. He went into the tomb on our behalf early Sunday morning, resurrected from the dead for us. Okay, That's where faith begins. I believe those facts for me, Jesus. I welcome you into my life as Savior and Lord. Okay? Give me your eyes. But always, 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 Jesus in and through us leads to a life of obedience to his book. Don't forget that. That's where the bedrock, okay? I began that relationship with Jesus Christ, and now he leads me and empowers me to live my life based on his book. Is that how you're living? Is that where your life is? Are you ready to face the next storm that's coming your way? Because I promise you, there's a storm with your name on it, and it's coming your way. Coming at me too. Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. Lord, we don't like the fact that we live in a world full of storms. <laughs> it's hard. It's challenging. It's painful. And the truth is, Lord, especially living in the U.S. 2022, it's kind of nice to be casual and comfortable. It's kind of nice just to hear the words of Jesus. But Lord, to actually put them into practice is hard. Drilling down into bedrock, pouring concrete, steel, cables, and bars, that's hard. We recognize, Lord, you're calling us to do it the hard way. Calling us to do it your way. So the question one last time, what's your foundation? What's your foundation? And I'm not sure why the Lord, I think, is nudging me, but uh, I, I feel like the Lord is saying, could be... Today is a day for you to make a very public draw, a line on the rock, not in the sand declaration. I'm all in for you, Jesus. Or maybe your declaration is, you know what? I think I honestly have been building my life on the sand and that sand, it's easy, it's quick, it's not all that expensive. Or maybe you just have a great need here today. And I, and I don't know what that need might be, but we haven't done this since before COVID. But if the Lord's working in you and he's talking with you and he's saying, you know what, I'm knocking on your life and I want you to publicly draw that line on the rock, not in the sand. Just want you to know, I'll meet you down front here. You, 
You can come, you can sit, you can kneel. I, I don't know if you might have some business. Maybe I'm the only one that's going to come down here, and that's okay, because I think the Lord said, get down there, Jeff. So uh, Andy's going to close us, and uh, if you feel the Lord's knocking and you want to draw that line on the rock and not in the sand as we close, and, and maybe there's something else going on, if you're watching online, you can hit that prayer button. We got people, they're going to talk with you. They're, they're going to pray with you and, uh, and hang in there with you. So anyway, as we close, if you'd like to come, come down, we've got some leaders. They'll, they're willing to come and pray with you wherever you're at. Lord, uh, we're here. We're ready to do business with you. Let's stand together. You're invited down if you'd like. My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My worth is not in skill or name, in win or lose, in Pride or shame, but in the blood of Christ that flowed at the cross. And I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. And I will trust in Him, no.
Amen. If you're a guest with us, we're glad you joined with us this morning. We have coffee in the foyer. We always mingle a little bit. If you want to join us for that, we'd love a chance to connect with you. I'd invite you to just stop by our welcome center and just say, can I have a blue bag that's got a gift in it for you? And just a little information about us. But we're glad you're here and joining with us. So, you know, as we go, I'm going to plug life recovery a little bit. Uh, this isn't just a prop. This is the Bible I use. And uh, I've talked with a couple of people like, you know, just, I got to be honest. I just, I don't know if I want people knowing I'm in there. Can I just break the ice? Okay. You, your pastor, Chad, just completed the 12-week study because I needed it. I shared with many of you, I, I've been battling with anger in my life over the last year or so. It's been creeping up in some areas. And just realize that this, this study, this is, this is more than substance addiction. This is a sin issue. And why this program, this study works so well is because it is built totally on the Word of God. Every step is built on His Word. It's powerful. It's amazing. It's so practical. Rob, Brittany, you in here or not? Wave a hand if you're up there. Oh, you're waving back. All right. So they're way up top. But they're going to be starting a new class next week. Keep waving. Everybody turn around. Rob and Brittany, they're going to lead the Life Recovery Group next week, Room 101. Some of you need that. Some of you are like me. Some of you battle with anger. Some of you are very codependent in your relationship. And it's debilitating to your life, if you're honest with yourself. And the reality is some of you have some substance issues that really need to be done. Your drinking's out of control. You're smoking cannabis and shouldn't be, and you know you shouldn't be. You're dabbling and trying to navigate this. Come to Life Recovery. I encourage you, if that's for you, if the Lord's moving on you, just come. Don't worry about people thinking this. Church is a hospital, okay? We're getting healed here. Christ came for the sick and the hurting and the wounded. I are one. You is one, Okay? Maybe that'll stick. All right, but I just want to encourage you, church. I'm praying for revival over us. Revival starts in the church. It starts, people are the church. It starts in each of our hearts with the Lord and letting him unpack the filth. Don't get cleaned up before you come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and he'll start unpacking your junk and go, you know what? Let's just clean a room here and start taking care of business. He does an amazing job. Amazing. So let me pray before we go. So Lord, I just pray. I pray for revival, Lord. I pray for a stirring of your spirit in our lives, which is your church, Lord. We are the church. It isn't this building we gather here. But Lord, may it start in us today. May we be serious about starting to drill down into the rock and the foundation of your word. That the gates of hell will not prevail against our life. Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for the broken in here that need your love and your touch and your grace. Lord, do a mighty work for your name, for your glory alone, Jesus. It is about you. It is not about us. We ask your blessing in your mighty name. Amen. You're dismissed. Make it a great week, everybody.